Welcome to the 20th episode of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. I am your host, Michael Debs. Joining me as always, the ever affable, loving gentleman, Danko Suvin. Danko, how are you doing today? Why aren't we allowed to use the M word? <laughs> uh, technically, we are allowed to use it. Uh, okay. we, we just decide not to uh, on a moral basis. You know, I agree with that. Uh, I was going to just shitpost, but you know what? It's a good thing for people to consider. Yeah, I agree. No one's stopping you from doing it, but you just (laughs) fucking shouldn't do it. (laughs) The cops won't arrest you. It's completely legal. (laughs) You shouldn't do it. Yeah, that's fucking wild that it's, I mean, of course it is, but it's something about the fact that saying the N-word is legal is wild to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm for now the purposes cool of, censorship. Of, of dating this uh, this podcast, uh, oh, yeah. because we've we've had a little bit of a '50s conversation so far. I actually have a list uh, of things that you have to do in order to date my podcast. Oh well, is it like 13 long? And, and the first one is whatever you do a podcast, you have to do with me, do with me, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. So, go on. <laughs> uh, we are. We are. Um, according to my math, and I don't know how right this is, but we are approximately 67.5 hours into November 3rd, man. Um, which, which technically places us on the fifth, but I don't believe that the time has really changed until we have a new president. That's fair. So not until March. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) new president is in uh, it's it's uh, called in one way or another. Um, Welcome to the new lockdown. friends. uh, When when I had originally pitched the idea of doing a post-election podcast with you, uh, I had assumed that by this point there would be a uh, clear winner. Um, and there almost is there. There yeah. is. Uh, we we can probably make a pretty safe bet that uh, Joe Biden has won. I mean, there's uh, still time for Nevada to technically flip back and Georgia is still up in the air. So there's there is a chance that yeah, Biden no, there's, will like there's there's still <laughs> somehow uh, now in. But there's still paths to victory for Trump. Yeah. Um, and I think. And one of the paths of victory that that lays before him is also uh, litigating this and um, uh, maybe winning some kind of court case. How he how could he win in the courts? It's not like they've been doing anything. Yeah, with, it's like, not the, like they've been stacking the courts uh, for the last four four years. And then also <laughs> the Supreme Court has a conservative supermajority right now. Are you? Hold on. I'm sorry. I, that seems kind of familiar in a way. Seems like something we've think, talked about several times. Do you before. think this? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't want to say that that's real, but is that what happened? 
That is what happened. Oh, um, fuck me. I, I regret to tell you that uh, the entire time you've been you've been staying here, uh-huh. I, I have been spiking your drinks with benzos and feeding you real information in order to make you feel like it's actually a simulation of some kind. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is the real hell world. Um, I hope your shakes are doing okay. I've been weaning you off. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I got all this. I got a, a case of beer here, so. Well, I think that's helping. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sipping on a little bit of uh, Cope rum right now. Cope rum. Rum and Cope. Yeah, rum and Cope. That's, <laughs> I, that, that was a joke I should have made. Yep. Thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for coming up with that. <laughs> Let's just start over. Nah, we're, we're already Welcome to the Benzo in. Rehab Dungeon, friends. This is episode 20. Uh, with me is my best friend of the whole world, the big dick Dank Deleuze. I am, of course, Michael Deebs. That's and, uh, not something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> this, this yeah, you've seen my like, dick. So yeah, yeah. I don't think I have actually, but let's Maybe not. Let's not start. All right, fine. Um. So uh, yeah, the DM me fans. The election is oh, uh, a massive clusterfuck. <laughs> um, can I? Can I? Sorry. Go ahead. S- something just happened to me, and it's it's too comical and appropriate to not share. I um. I had uh what what seems to be a melted weed edible. Uh, stuck to the back of uh, one of my collections of old, old beat up collections of uh, beat poetry. Uh, and I put down my beer on top of this, not knowing it was there. And uh, lifting up the beer uh, that I was resting on a book of beat poetry with a weed edible stuck to the back of it, uh, spilled beer all over my leg. And uh, friends, that's that's what transgression is. Don't let this man lie to you. He uh, he peed his pants <laughs> I peed. and then and yeah. then tilted the beer a little bit. Nothing came out of it. And went, oh, I spilled beer on my pants. That's true. And uh, just to be clear, it's not a good book. I mean, it's, it's full of good <laughs> stuff, but it's not like a book that you want to take care of. I mean, it's full of beat poetry, guys. Oh yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Sorry, sorry, hey, let's, sorry. Let's read some Legati death poems. Oh fuck it, dude, dude. Honestly, it's so bad. Do you want to do it? Yeah, let's 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 read one Legati death yeah. poem before we get into this. Actually, can I can I can I, can I read it? Uh, yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Um, Man, I'm so excited for this. Oh, did you not keep it open? No, I did not. Uh, the scribed down at the bottom there. That's the one that has a sample of the book. There you go. So uh, for those of you that don't know, um, (laughs) Ligotti is a pessimist uh, fiction writer. Um, His fiction is good from what I hear. It's actually very good. It's kind of like Lovecraftian and stuff. But he also wrote a um, a philosophical tract called Conspiracy Against the Human Race, uh, discussing antinatalism and and philosophical pessimism. Um, And uh, to be entirely clear, uh, it's not just because it's pessimistic or antinatalist because I like Schopenhauer a lot, but it is fucking unbearable. It is a shit book. A lot of people really like it uh, these days, and I don't fucking understand why, uh, but it is just an abhorrent book. It's boring bullshit. I regret buying it. I don't regret buying very many books, but I regret buying this one. Anyway, he also writes poetry, and uh, in case... Um, Casey were worried that his theory is the worst thing about him. Uh, it's not. His poetry is. So let's do this. Uh, yeah. Which which one did you want to read? Uh, I think there's only two available on the sample. We'll, we'll just do the first one. Here, okay. here you go. Yep. Okay. Here you go. Death is frightening and dying just as bad. Say what you will. We don't take it well. Then how can we live with all that ahead? 
Something must be fooling us constantly. Our brains are tricked so that we don't believe. For whatever reason, we won't go on and on. Our thoughts are clouded so that we can't conceive the exact process that's waiting for us. Or perhaps we think that when the moment comes, someone else will arrive to take over, will survive. Where logic is concerned, we're all thumbs. How couldn't we know we were born to go? It's not even poet. It's not a poem. It has the rhythms. It, uh, it's like shitty rhythms of a poem. Yeah, it doesn't keep like a consistent rhythm through it. It doesn't. Uh, it, it's not good. I I I have this image of uh, of like thousands of of MFAs dragging themselves up from hell, and they're just <laughs> shouting at him, Mister Ligotti, please show. Don't tell. See, I wrote a poem right now, uh, and it was better than his. Yeah, uh, shitting on him. That so was you good. know, freestyle right there. By the way, guys, this Saturday is the first workshop. So uh, if you guys want to join in on my writing workshop, uh, you know, go to Truncata T R U N C A T A on Patreon, or send me a DM because uh, uh, I love you. And as you guys know, we're aiming uh, towards homelessness and all that shit. So uh, you know. Hell, Let me tell you, your poetry's good. Yeah. Pay me for it. <laughs> all right. That's all you're going to do, too, is just yeah. reaff- reaffirm whatever whatever poetry somebody sends in. Yeah, I just have a big uh, red rubber stamp. It just, it just says <laughs> passable. <laughs> just, just a rubber stamp that says, like, 75.9%. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it gives the illusion of being graded, but right. you know, like no matter what, it's still a passing grade. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, thanks for the, uh, the, the allowing me all of that. Yeah, um, uh, death poems are good right now, I think, um, because uh, this this election cycle. I mean, no, no election cycle is good, but this election cycle has been particularly uh, fucking disastrous. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember the the Obama re-election was so smooth. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's like you know, all complaints about Obama's side. I think most people wanted him to be president still. That was pretty evident. Yeah, and so because they wanted him to be president still, uh, it worked out <laughs> all right. And then when you have two candidates that. I'm pretty sure, you know, people can say whatever they want, like, oh, it's abominable that people are voting for Trump or whatever. I think what's really happening is you have two people that nobody wants to be president and people are gauging who the lesser evil is based off of whatever information they've been given or whatever information they believe. And we are seeing what happens when... um, as I've said since, uh, I mean, we weren't recording at this point, but since early March, I've been screaming into the void that Biden was a horrible candidate who mm. nobody would want to get behind. Yes. And this has been, I mean, it's not like my opinion really differs that much from anybody on the left, um, you know, but uh, this is this is confirming everything I believed. Yeah. Um, so the, the general belief of the left was absolutely correct and it's being proven right now and it's being proven in a very scary way where we don't know if we're going to have a somewhat competent imperialist or, um, the incompetent fascist who, uh, 
who we have right now. I don't even think it's necessarily a question of, I, I mean, it, it is a question of competency, but the way that I've been thinking about it recently is a, a more of a question of coherency. Um, yeah, sure. In, I mean, in, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but but in, in, in the sense that uh, going forward, because we do, we're pretty sure that, uh, that Biden's going to win, all right? Um, that one of the silver linings of that is that it's a lot easier to um, fight against a coherent force, right? Um, using any kind of, uh, I'm not, I, I don't mean like guerrilla methods as in like we should be out in the streets with guns um, uh, <laughs> unless you're playing Minecraft. But, uh, but guerrilla uh, combat in the sense of, of actual grassroots movements and, and things of the sort, things that are a little bit more decentralized, but still uh, nonetheless form movements. It's easier to to combat something that has some coherency uh, than it is uh, battling against someone that is literally just going to contradict themselves every 30 seconds um, in some kind of like bizarre thrashing. Um, yeah, there's 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 some merit in that. I think uh, Biden also has a lot of scary propositions that come with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but but they, I think that they will be easier to combat in a lot of ways. Uh, so long as we don't have a whole bunch of uh, shit libs, and we will, that just decide it's brunch time now. Um, yeah, I think. But I thankfully, think the world is so fucking broken right now uh, <laughs> that uh, they still can't have their brunch. Yeah, and so maybe that'll uh, light a fire under their ass for the next well, couple of years. It's like I was saying the other day when we were when we were chatting. Um, yeah. I I I miss brunch. I do miss brunch. Yeah, I who love, doesn't? I love brunch. I love. Especially on like a Sunday morning when I'm really hungover, going to a nice breakfast place, getting some mimosas, yeah, having like getting steak and for eggs. Rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, I miss all of that. But you- it's not because like I ever felt like uh, uh, like talking about Trump was ruining my experience. And I think that's right. that that's what the, the shit libs mean when they say we want to go back to brunch is right. that the tr- the Trump existence was was ruining their brunch because, oh, my God, all we can talk about is how shitty Trump is. Right. Right. Um, I could I could talk about that and enjoy mimosas and steak and eggs all day. Like, yeah, it, you, you it know, doesn't affect me. That way. One of one of the worst fucking things in the world is this uh, entirely untrue and exhausting and self perpetuating cliche that ignorance is bliss. Right? Sure. Like right. people people genuinely believe that. Oh no, and, they do, and they live their lives around it. Right, and it and especially it's 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 actually worst in this the certain sector of human beings who believe themselves to be very intelligent, um, and uh, of course are rarely all that intelligent. Not that you know intelligence is a, is a, uh, a binary spectrum, but. Um, but they they believe themselves probably more intelligent than they are, and they are convinced that their life hurts because they're so smart and they know things that other people don't, and it's this accursed knowledge and all that stuff. Um, and uh, they use that as an excuse to uh, kind of um, hunker down and not learn anything outside just, of just what they currently their think. Head in the sand, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's the it's the people that like uh, know that capital is maybe kind of bad. And that's the extent of their like ponderings <laughs> about any of this, or or, yeah, or even less. Yeah, it you know? kind of sucks where we are right now, but I don't want to challenge it in any way because yeah, I'm a little it's bit like, comfortable. It's and- <laughs> every liberal and every libertarian. Yeah. are are those same people? Um, and guess what? You know, ignorance uh, is not bliss. Uh, life sucks no matter how much information you take in. 
you should fucking take in enough information to be able to have a coherent worldview or a chosen incoherent worldview. That's also fine, honestly. But yeah, but uh, well, stop ignoring yeah. shit <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, in in the spirit of not ignoring shit, oh um, man, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to listen to my own advice. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm gonna start off with some good news. All right, I, I feel like everybody's probably exhausted at this point, and some some good news. No, is, I'm ready for this shit. Is uh, is is I'm necessary. sleeping all day. I'm fucking. Um, I'm, I'm Jack. And then, and then I'm gonna like drag us back into bad news, <laughs> but then I'm gonna drag us into good news again. Oh man. Uh, so um. You know, I, again, emphasizing the point that you shouldn't have heroes and you shouldn't like worship people. Uh, but uh, the the quote unquote squad, dust uh, mm. squad, dust squad, which you know, there there are some criticisms from the far left or maybe just like true leftists on all these people, which is fine. I, I don't like I said. You shouldn't have heroes and you should hold all these people to account in whatever way you can. Yes. Even if they, you know, mostly align with your beliefs, you should still yeah. challenge them further. Guys, uh, give give it give it eight years and AOC is going to be someone that we need to guillotine. It's just going to fucking happen. I don't, man, I don't want to do that. Sorry, bro. It's going to happen. All fucking right. mark my words. Can we just cut off our feet or something and like. You mail him to Ben Shapiro. Yeah, mail him to Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, all, with all respect to her right now, she's mostly all right. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. No, she, she is good intentioned and and is acting on those intentions. So I think overall she's good. Um, so one of the major wins, I would say, is uh, Corey Bush's campaign one. Uh, nice. Corey Bush, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, she's from Missouri. She was a Black Lives Matter activist. Uh, she comes from um, a working class background. She, at a certain point in her life, was homeless with children. So she she very deeply understands the plight of the working class and uh, those who are disenfranchised. Uh, she's black herself. Um, so she understands and, and she lives in Missouri. So she's black in Missouri. So she knows that, too. And that sounds like she's living in misery. Yeah. Misery, right? <laughs> yeah, Missouri is a shill. Just, yeah. just in case anybody wasn't aware. Yes, indeed. Uh, but uh, she she's actually, especially for, for the Democratic Party, she's pretty far left for the Democratic Party. Right. Um, and she, she's got a lot of good policy ideas and... Uh, so it's good to see her win. And not only did she win, she won in what I would call like a complete fucking crushing landslide. Yeah, that's uh, uh, those numbers are insane. Yeah, 78.9% <laughs> versus the Republican <laughs> Party candidate, which is 19%. That's fucking... Yeah. That's nuts. Um, we're going to see some more numbers like that, too. Uh, so Rashida Tlaib. Just by almost 60%. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rashida Tlaib uh, won 77.9%. To the Republican Party candidate, David Dudenhofer. Dudenhofer. <laughs> uh, who had 18.8%. Uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, one of her more notable moments recently was when uh, the lockdowns happened with COVID. She was pushing really hard for like a $2,000 a month uh, like rechargeable credit card for every family in America, basically. Um, hey, hey. Which... 
obviously didn't materialize, but that's not on her so much as it's just on the structure that we have right, right now. And always, always aim beyond your means, guys. Yeah, no, she, she shot high. And, and I think a, a lot of, you know, her advocacy for that led to that initial twelve hundred dollars that we got. And yeah. unfortunately, we're never going we're never oh, going to yeah. get anything again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later and why we're, we're never going to get anything again later. Uh, but yeah, it, we, we at least got that, which is better than nothing. Um, Ilan Omar, uh, 64.5 percent versus Lacey Johnson, the Republican candidate at 25 per point nine percent, which is uh, I think that the the smallest margin of all of these, but it's still almost 40 yeah, percent, which is margin of all bizarre. Um, you would think that. Uh, oh, oh, no. OK. So, yeah, I spied that number. <clears throat> uh, so Ayanna Presley, 87.3 uh, percent. To Roy Owens, 12.7%. I would say Ayana is probably one of the more moderate people in the, the squad. Sure. Um, but still a good win. Yeah. Uh, then we got AOC, uh, who was challenged in the primary by a uh, a very uh, uh, establishment dem slash corporate dem. Uh, right candidate and she crushed that candidate and then i mean this is still a crushing victory indeed uh, but she's got 68.8 percent versus john cummings <laughs> uh who is at uh 30.6 percent and and just to, just to be clear for people like because percentages can sometimes be um a little confusing or misleading uh the the vote count there is 105 almost yeah 105,000 for AOC and 47,000 almost for John yeah. Cummings. So that's 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 a fucking landslide even then. Right. Like that's that's incredible. And, and you know if we look at uh, Ayanna Presley 251 mm. Point five thousand to thirty six point six thousand. Uh, Ilan Omar two hundred fifty five point seven thousand to one hundred and two point seven thousand. Uh, Rashida Talib, 220,000, 220.3,000, uh, to 53.1,000. Hell yeah. Uh, Corey Bush, 245.5,000 to 59.1,000. So these are huge, huge differences number wise. Right. Um, and then, oh, I guess, no, no, I get, oh man, Ayanna Presley and uh, Jamal Bowman are really close hmm. percentage wise difference uh but jamal bowman uh who was That's another ball. another really good progressive candidate uh won 83 percent to patrick mcanus mcanus um um to be fair, though, this is this is ninety seven percent reporting. So with that last three percent, maybe uh, maybe McManus yeah, yeah, will yeah. will will make his way. Maybe maybe you know? a little bit more, uh, but that's that's one hundred and sixty point two thousand to thirty two point eight thousand. So again, another massive massive victory there. Hell yeah! Good job, fam. Which yeah. let's let's also keep in mind as as uh, we go forward, especially if this does lead to. Uh, um, a, a series of victories, which it, it is so far, and uh, maybe there will be more, uh, especially with the president and stuff. Uh, but uh, this just means that uh, we have an excuse to continue competing against the Democratic Party to their left. Um, Absolutely. The success uh, for the Dems uh, is ultimately just an excuse to challenge them. So, yep. Um, 
so that's that's where we kind of well we'll 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 give one more bit of good news uh there's more good news yeah there's there's actually weird there's, there's there's some pretty good news coming out of this election cycle but overall um and i'll i'll make this point later hmm. overall i think this is a a, a basic win for the republican party uh whether Which or not part? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, uh, and I'll and I'll explain why I believe that. But okay. for continued good news, uh, Florida has voted to raise its minimum wage to uh, fifteen dollars an hour over the next five right. years. Uh, obviously, it would be more ideal if it was immediate, but this is better than nothing, um, and it kind of lends itself to maybe populist messages work mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's part of why the south doesn't get won by the democrats a whole lot because they don't enforce populist messages they uh right they run uh candidates who say nothing will fundamentally change right um but uh one of the estimates i saw is that this will raise over like two million households above the poverty line which the poverty line again still needs to be adjusted upwards yes but you know this is a marked increase in their material gain uh regardless of of where the poverty line is right and you know this this kind of goes to prove the point that if you aim to improve the material conditions of people's lives you're probably going to have a good case there. Sure. I mean, obviously there's a lot of propaganda on the, uh, the, uh, establishment side of the house that, you know, all these, all these far flung, uh, ideologies of material gain and and benefit are, are going to lose. But, you know, there's, (laughs) we, we saw all these progressive candidates who are, you know, all, all the candidates that I, that I listed off are, are for, you know, a higher minimum wage, Medicare for all, um, some some form of uh, not police abolishment, but at least uh, police defunding reform. and, and ref- reform mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, putting more funding into social programs. Uh, so we're seeing we're seeing these huge wins on that side of the house. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I think I think. That's that's positive for the future. I don't think the Democratic Party is going to learn from any of this. And <laughs> I mean, not not as a not as a body, not as a party. No, not a, not as a body and not as a party. And uh, you know, this this belief of mine is already being proven. Right. Uh, so there's there's a runoff election in Georgia. Um, shoot, I meant to pull up who the. Uh, <laughs> While you're uh, pulling that up, I sure. uh, I do have some good local news for uh, us Californians about some of the ballot initiatives and some bad news. Oh yeah, uh, but just some I'll, yeah, some I've got fun those local stuff up too. If you want okay, to, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we did give the vote to felons on parole, which is fucking dope, and that's mm-hmm. going to be effective for the left in the future. Yep. Um, but uh, there is there's some real bullshit here too. Of course, like Uber and, sure and everyone, is. they they had their win because now app based drivers are uh, considered contractors, and that's just another way to fuck uh, everyone there. But uh, thanks, we get to pay uh, twenty five bucks to get uh, fast food delivered to our houses still, uh, without that being threatened in any way. Um, 
And, um, yeah, what the fuck else happened? Uh, we didn't end cash bail and we're keeping, uh, the ban on affirmative action, which is all cool bullshit. Sure um, is. Sorry, I, I phrased that like good news, but I only had one piece of good news. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we do have bonds actually... for stem cell research coming in. Potentially that one's still like a, a little tied up, I think, but yeah, it's, it's actually, uh, uh, it's it's actually mostly bad news for California. Yeah, it is. I'm seeing that now. Yeah, and and I'm not uh, I'm not surprised because yeah. what what we're seeing in California right now, I think, is we've had I want to say it was up until like the nineteen the early nineteen nineties or something like that. Mm. Uh, California was a Republican state, uh, pretty largely, mm. and uh, you know, so we've had. 30 years of very neoliberal democratic leadership. Right. And it's not working out as, as you know, for, for our situation, Yeah, you know, uh, the, the rent here is so obscene. Oh, yeah. We also voted against rent control. Yeah. We also voted yeah. against rent control, which, is which I was going to bring smart, up. Cool yep. thing in California. Who yeah. the fuck are you voting against that? Yeah. Kind of so. fucking idiot. Are you, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, so what, what we're seeing is, you know, we've, we've had 30 years of very neoliberal uh, democratic leadership here in California, and it's done really good for our GDP, but mm. the GDP is not a real economy to the people who are struggling and... Yeah, and, per capita GDP might, uh, yeah, might matter, but uh, that one... Per capita GDP is, is a much more indicative uh sort of right sort of metric to use here um and and you know our situation right now is where i technically have a pretty good job all things considered right. but i can't afford to live in the area i work in and, which is incredible and this Just is this phenomenal. is this you know so i i mentioned uh our last podcast i think that you know uh, a pretty senior member of the accounting team yeah for the organization i work with has also complained about how she can't find a place to live. Uh, well, a manager for for one of the major programs that my uh, my organization runs uh, also was talking to me, and we were making small talk, and and she also mentioned like, yeah, I've got to move soon, but I have no idea where I can find a place to live right now, based on how much everything is going for. Her. I was like, okay, yeah. it's not just <laughs> me; it's it's everybody. Who is working in this area for for a department that works for the government? So you know right. we have to be in this area. <laughs> There's nowhere else we can go. Right. We can't afford to live in the area that we're working in. Pretty um, cool. That that is uh, and and you know I've got uh, a lot of the people that work for me uh, because I've I've made it into a, 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 I guess a middle management sort of position at work. Uh, a lot of the people that work for me are you know they're they're a bit older and 20 maybe even 15 years ago when they bought houses uh their their houses have tripled in uh in value since then right. and you know the, the wages have stagnated comparatively so you know all the people that work for me have houses that they bought but i mm-hmm. can't afford a house because because uh yeah, it's just uh, it's it's such an obscene marketplace right now. Hell yeah. Um, and I mean, it's go ahead. whenever I talk to someone from a uh, who's conservative leaning uh, somewhere else in the U.S., 
they always bring up the fact, or, or at least when when they know that I'm in or from California. Oh, California. You yeah, mean. they always bring up how fucking incredibly nightmarishly left California is. And it's like, guys, we we no. still can't fucking get rid of the death penalty here. i i wish like, i wish california was the communist hellhole that people believe no it shit is. man it's fucking it's incredible <laughs> it is it is it is so neo it is it is the epitome of neoliberalism really i mean i don't know we're in, we're, we're competing with new york because at least like we can drink mm, whatever soft drinks we want enough. but yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's fucking it's, wild. It's its own epitome of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and California is its own nightmare. Yeah, and it really th- should be like three states anyway. But it should. Probably, I, mean, I don't know if I really believe that in, in like a I, uh, yeah, application. I, I, I don't but, think that that would help anything. It, it, it's the same argument that you know people make when they're like, "Oh, uh, the left coast should just uh, you know secede from the rest of the union." And it would fuck up the rest of the union pretty good. It would fuck up pretty the rest funny. of the union, but I. I I would hesitate to believe that that would in, improve our lives in any way, right? Because uh, because most of the problems that we have in California are one hundred percent the California legislature's doing. Yeah, but we'd have a whole lot more money to cycle into bullshit. Yeah, but what would it go to really? Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, right. It would, it would cycle into bullshit. Fair enough. You said that. In your statement. <laughs> just just making sure I, I meant the kind of bullshit. What, what you know? kind of bullshit is what I meant to say? Uh, n- not guaranteed corporate, jobs programs. <laughs> corporate tech bro bullshit. Uh, more prison slave labor bullshit. Um, those are all cool things in California. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So, so California is not great. No. Um, Make California. Mika. Uh, 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 when was it? Mika. Do we have a? Uh, I don't. Make think. Make California the communist nightmare state from our friends' uh, uh, dreams. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> we'll work on this. Make, we'll, make California we'll a socialist hellscape, please. There you go. Make California Venezuela again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so uh we we talked about this on your live stream the other the other night. Um It's okay, no one no one remembers that. Yeah, that was that was ages ago. What a uh, nightmare. That that was that was the beginning of November third. The beginning of November, and we're 3rd. we're in the late stage of November third no, right we're now. Not it's gonna go on for months. <laughs> <laughs> Fair well, enough. I guess late stage capitalism will go on for a couple hundred years. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's all a uh, it's all like a comparative time scale, right? Um. So <laughs> this this headline this is from Politico. Dem leaders warn liberal rhetoric could blow Georgia races. So there's a there's a runoff election in Georgia right now. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar with what a runoff election is, um, basically neither candidate for for a Senate seat met the conditions necessary to uh, be elected. Uh, One of the conditions in Georgia is that you have to have at least 50 percent of the vote. Uh, this this isn't in every state. This is just in in the state of Georgia yeah. and a handful of others. I think it's like ten or eleven in total that have this. Sounds right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, two of the senatorial candidates uh, didn't meet that criteria, so they're going to enter a runoff election. And a runoff election is basically like a lightning round, uh, where you know it's it's kind of just you get the so you know the. 
the first election probably had like three or four candidates. You know, you've got the Democratic candidate, the Republican candidate, the Libertarian candidate, and maybe a Green Party candidate or something like that. Right. Uh, so with all those candidates combined, nobody got 50% of the vote. Which rules. Um so what what the runoff election is is in January people will vote again and it doesn't matter from my understanding who gets what percentage of the vote as long as you have a majority of the vote which I guess if it's only two candidates it has to be above 50% I don't know right um so as long as you win that election then then you get in right. um so uh, Democratic leadership is warning that liberal rhetoric could blow the Georgia runoff election. And the quote here is, if we are going to run on Medicare for all, defund the police, socialized medicine, we're not going to win, says Jim Clyburn. Nice. Uh, so we we talked about the ratchet effect mm. on, on your live stream. Right. And, and we're already seeing it. But I mean, this this the the presidential election hasn't even been decided yet mm. and there are still some other uh, electoral things that need to need to be like confirmed right um and the democratic party is already looking to either swing right or maintain a very centrist position right and what the ratchet effect is is you know a ratchet works in such a way that you kind of you put stress on a gear and move it one direction and a lever moves in, in place where, where that last gear was so that it can't go back the other direction. Right. And what we're already seeing is this ratchet effect where the Democratic Party is already either giving ground to the right so that they can win this runoff election or they're not budging. But something is going to pull to the right, move that gear, mm. and then that latch is going to, to fall down. And it's not going to go back to the left. Right. Uh, and this is this is why I think the election in general is a Republican win. Because. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. In that sense. We have. We have a, a Democratic uh, executive that's looking to move in. Right. Mm. Uh, the, the Democratic executive happens to be Joe Biden, who is very, very strongly. uh Opposed to the left and really, really wants to work in a bipartisan way with uh, Republicans. Uh, So you have, you know, resistance to the left already built into the executive. The Senate uh, majority is still in Republican hands. Mm. Um, So, you know, the the Democratic Party itself has no legislative power at this point. Mm. And... Um, I mean, most of the Democratic Party won't pull left anyways. Sure. So that's that's already tending towards the right, and then there's no no real pushback to the left because you know Mitch McConnell won again. Obviously, oh, of course he did. <laughs> I mean, who did they put him up against? Yeah, someone I, really cool and like we'll, left leaning. We'll get into that in a stuff. second. All right, go. Um, cool. But so so we have we have a a Republican majority in the Senate. So even though the Democratic Party held the House majority, everything has to eventually go through the Senate. The fact that the Senate is ever not GOP controlled is incredible to me. I Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and it's got a lot to do with gerrymandering and and how the elections are run. And just the nature of the Senate. Sure. Like, yeah. 
Well, well, there's there's actually no constitutional provision for the Senate. No, uh, it it was actually just meant to be Congress. But yeah, it's 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 a later addition in order to uh, yeah in order to, to, uh, to consolidate help out. power and. Yeah, I mean, it's in the most optimistic way, it's a way to make it so that the uh, the food producing states uh, in an antiquarian sense um, are given enough representation that we don't bully them out and then starve ourselves. But that's no longer true. You know, <laughs> like that's more or less We're why it was originally created. We're too food. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, like the the original uh, kind of idea of the Senate was that the all these all these states in the middle i mean of course it was also just a purely political thing because yeah. you know these you, you have to make people happy in order to get anything done or or scare them <laughs> um but uh but that all of these kind of the quote unquote flyover states that are a lot of land and not very many people tend to be a little bit more uh, agrarian and so their capacity to produce food uh, kind of outmatched the capacity of, you know, the the coastlines and the cities and things like that. And so in order to make it so that we didn't just get fucking starved, uh, we were just like, let's give them an equal amount of representation or a near equal amount, equal in the Senate, but then still unequal elsewhere. Um, but it's still, uh, but instead it bit us in the fucking ass because technology advanced and we don't necessarily need that. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's still there as a vestigial organ that is constantly waiting to explode. It's like a, an appendix. <laughs> a really um, good appendix. Yeah. The, the Senate is just an, uh, an appendix <laughs> swelling up in your body waiting to kill you. <laughs> to be fair, if, if you've seen Mitch McConnell lately, he does look like he has something wrong with his appendix. Oh, yeah. Or and his liver, and his, his kidneys, and his, and his liver, mostly his, his liver. But yeah, <laughs> any, anything that processes any any amount of blood, uh, and and maybe his soul as well is compromised right now. Um, fuck, where to be? Uh, uh, off there. Who cares? Oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> the the Senate, the Senate is still controlled by Republicans. So anything that gets ha- passed by the House is going to hit the Senate. And uh, Grave Digger Mitch, Grave Digger Mitch, you know he refers to himself as the Grave Digger of Democracy because just because he can't say the other word. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, buddy, he wants to. It, yeah, you know he wants oh, of to. Of course he does. He he desperately yearns for the time when when he could say that word without a repercussion. Right. Um. So so we have that going on in in the judi- or the legislative branch, and then we have the uh, judicial conservative supermajority. Hell yeah! So there <laughs> there's going to be no legislative response to anything that happens in the judicial branch or the executive branch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what other way to explain it besides. We are definitely going to tend towards a rightward movement. Right. Um, and I believe in a lot of ways, Biden is going to be better for that rightward rightward movement than Trump ever was because Trump was unpredictable and threw temper tantrums, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it did gum up the works in a lot of ways, I think. Right. Um, I mean, a, a, a Biden presidency just demands more of us, whereas a Trump presidency is just an unmitigated nightmare that we can't do anything about, even if we try, kind of. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, and, apart from just uh, and that's, you know, that's why, you know I'm, community I'm, action. That's why I'm putting out this warning that there is going to be a real ratchet effect. Yeah. Like we we can't say that a Biden win is a win for any of us. 
and now's the time to like relax a little bit. No, now now's the time for us to go ham, right? And like really fuck things up. Yes, because there's an can. actual mechanism at play rather than just like force yeah, and movement. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my point in why this is technically a Republican win. Sure. All things considered. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, American Empire win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's the it's the party win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and that's that's another problem is is Biden. I, I see being a uh, consolidator of the two parties. Right. Um, he's made it pretty clear that he wants a lot of bipartisan representation. Yeah. He's vetting a lot of uh, Republican uh, actors uh, to his cabinet. I mean, if if you look if you look at Biden, Biden has always just been uh, a party man. Like that's I'm, that's I'm, the I, thing. Yeah, I'm surprised right? that there's like no pictures of him kissing Mitch McConnell. Right. Honestly, it, it, he's 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 an enlightening example of what the Democratic Party really is. Because it's not that he's he's far right for Democrats. It's that he is the epitome of what it is to be a Democrat. Yeah. Because he, I'm convinced that this man, person, right? right? I'm convinced that this man will just, uh, go with the flow. I mean, he's the, the cool sunglass wearing guy that wants to just fucking take a nap and sniff your hair. You know, like he, he just wants to go with the flow and do what people are demanding of him. And it happens to be that the democratic party has always been like this. And that, um, you know, he's he's he just wants to be comfy. And so he'll do what the Democratic Party says. And it happens to be at this point in time that the Democratic Party is a fucking nightmare that wants to uh, go ahead and give back rubs to the Republicans with the the dire and uh, nonsensical hope that uh, something will be returned to them. <laughs> yep. Uh, 100 percent. He's just and- a vessel. I'm not convinced that, that Joe Biden is uh, anything beyond a that. human. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the problem. Here's a good I, example. I think actually. the problem with Biden is that he's too much of a human. He's just a human, and he's he's just there under social pressures, and he doesn't have any ideology of his own. Uh, I would disagree with him not having an ideology. I think his ideology is going to shift, and will always fit with the Democratic Party at large. Yeah, that's probably. I think true. that's what his ideology is. For it's sure. the Democratic Party. Right. He's just. I, a party I, I can see that. Yeah, yeah I anyway, can see that. Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, no, I was. I was going to give a good example of this. Uh, this is something that Joe Biden tweeted out on right. yeah. uh, November fourth at two fifteen p.m. And that was years ago. <laughs> yeah, years ago. Uh, and so this is already after like Donald Trump is tweeting all of his crazy nonsense about how this election might be fraudulent or whatever. Uh, this is this is Joe Biden's tweet. To make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. We are not enemies. <sighs> Dorian, what is what is the definition of, of an enemy? Uh, the definition of an enemy would be... Someone someone who uh, maybe opposes you. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's a, like a contra, opponent, right? And an um, opponent is... Uh... <laughs> it's it's uh, a person who is actively opposed or hostile to you or something you represent. Yeah. And, like a, yeah, hostility yeah. would be... Yeah. And, and opponents are... Uh... Uh, are in opposition to you, I think. I yeah. think that's part of the definition. Sure. So... <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say besides that's one of the dumbest fucking statements I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And uh, these these are real enemies. For sure. 
I, I mean, I, I consider the Democratic Party at large to be enemies. Yes. Uh, but to the Democratic Party and what it what it professes to stand for, the Republican Party is enemies. Right. Um, yeah, there, there's yes. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you can't I mean, it, Joe Biden ran his entire campaign off of. Donald Trump is the most dangerous president in U.S. history. Right. And you're not going to be able to take the stand that that maybe some members of the Republican Party are enemies. You're not yeah. you're not going to take that that hardcore <laughs> stance that the people who you're you're directly opposed to, who you call the most dangerous like group to to run America, that they're enemies to you. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it makes sense and it's very good. Um, so uh, let's let's go into uh, who uh, Democrats decided to, and and largely this was a decision of the DNC, right? Uh, who who the DNC decided to run against Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, if you ask the Democratic Party is one of the worst uh, one of the worst problems that democracy has right now. Um. I'm not sure which thing to start with. You know what? I'll I'll start with uh the fundraising aspect of Amy McGrath um versus Cory Booker. <sighs> not Cory Booker. Yeah, that's not it's Char- Charles, Charles Booker. Booker. Yeah. Sorry, there's two Bookers. Two Bookers in that were going for the Senate. Um or one is in the Senate, one was going for the Senate. Um so Charles Booker was was a legitimate progressive. He was, you know, part of a lot of Black Lives Matter protests. He was out there doing the hard work. Uh, and the DNC favored Amy McGrath, who is a self-confessed pro-Trump Democrat. How the fuck is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. It can't ex- be a thing. <laughs> exactly. The, the party that's claiming that, you know, Trump is the most dangerous president to ever exist in U.S. history. God, she's too... Ran fucking a, simple to be an accelerationist too. Ran, that, no, ran I know a what candidate is. that is that is pro Trump um, <laughs> by her own admission. And uh, so here's here's the numbers. Mm, um, oh, dope. Let's see. Uh, so Amy McGrath raised like forty one million dollars through June June third, and a lot of the reason that she raised this much money is because the DNC was putting like the full fundraising apparatus behind her, with all the you know text messages that have been going out, the emails, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and you know she was she was running like millions of dollars worth of ads over uh, Charles Booker, uh, who. By comparison, raised only seven hundred ninety-three thousand, mm. and and only had like two hundred eighty-five thousand mm. banked away. Whereas Amy McGrath at this point had nineteen point three million. <laughs> so so the thing is, uh, and let me pull this up real quick. Uh, the primary. Well, this isn't. This is a shitty article. The primary was barely, <laughs> barely run by or barely won by right. uh, McGrath. Um, and she spent significantly more money than he did. Right. 
All right. Yeah. So McGrath earned 45.4% of the vote compared with Booker's 42.6% in the primary. And we're talking about like a difference of of like tens of millions of dollars in spending. (sighs) Where did that money go? Oh, Amy McGrath lost. Amy McGrath lost. Of course she fucking lost against Mitch McConnell because she is a completely compromised candidate. And that I I, I was reminded she can't be real. This is psyop, right? This is probably a psyop. Yeah, this is this is like, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg 2.0 sort of thing. That fucking guy. That howdy doody looking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, 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 I completely forgot about this. Uh, until one of one of my friends reminded me of it, but McGrath or no, what? not not McGrath in general, but uh, this this weird boast that Amy McGrath had in one of her ads. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this ad real quick. You know, most people are uh, anti-racism, but me, I've got uh, 47 uh, POCs in my basement, but I pay them uh, a fair relatively wage. well. Yeah, a fair wage. <laughs> Compared to Mexico. I mean, it's not a living wage because you got to earn that. This is their first job and will be their last. It's a stepping stone to something better <laughs> if they if they have the, uh, the wherewithal to apply themselves as such. Oh, God damn it. All right. So, so let me. Just go ahead and tell me when to pause it whenever you spot the nightmare. All right. Ah, there it is. September 11th, 2001. Nightmare. Oh, okay. All we right. We found it. Well, we found the nightmare. There's, a, there's another nightmare past, okay. past her. I'm Just, sure there isn't. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see the screen, obviously, uh, the the ad starts out and, and with an all back black backdrop and then in white lettering, it says September 11th, 2001. Of course, with that weird font that they always use for september 11th which is yeah. it's it's Very a sans thin, serif font. yeah sans serif it's uh yeah uh, like uh almost almost equilineal uh e- equilineal how, how would you what's the word for that uh the the, the, mm. the they're almost as fat as they are tall yeah not right. quite but close yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Overall dimensions are are, are Equal, as wide as they are tall, but it's very thin letter th- lettering. Yeah, it's it's very ominous, uh, but it's like yeah. Here, here's 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 a fun trick for you guys. Um, this is a, this is a thing about typography. If you want information just like slide through people and like be easy to read it's like diuretic language <laughs> the taco uh, bell of lettering yeah uh, that's when you don't want to use serifs because the i doesn't spend as much time in the letter and it's a really good way to like give information like exit or fire or uh something that you don't want someone to think about just do um but if you want someone to think about something and to, to put a little bit more focus, you add the serifs in. So it's really appropriate that the uh, September 11th, 2001 is always without serifs yeah. uh, because of the fact that... You don't want them to think about it. Yeah, you just want to freak someone out and it, it just the, the diarrhea goes through and they continue stewing <laughs> in their own like weird paranoid shit. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> going on. Going on. Fire! The second tower of the World Trade Center had been hit. And all of us stationed at New Air Station Miramar is it her clothing? were ordered to immediately no. report to the base. Her clothing is pretty bad, though. I'm yeah, Amy McGrath. And because I'm not a I style guy. But... I was one of the only weapons systems officers to make it on the base before we went to DEFCON 3 and the gates were locked. No one else would be allowed in. Here I was, just out of fighter attack training. And even though I had no combat experience yet, my commanding officer had no choice here, but, but to like, put me in the backseat of an F-18. Is it going to be really clear? Yes. At the end of the runway, 
ready to take off at a moment's notice. I sat there for four hours, waiting to see if we would have to shoot down a passenger airliner. Half a work day. All I could think of was, this is not what I signed up for. I tell you this story for okay. two reasons. First, it's to make the point that our military answers to a chain of command. And if the president had ordered me into the air to shoot down hundreds of civilians, I would have had to do it. Just like that, or a nuclear standoff. Yeah, you, you found the nightmare. And she's she... the pro-Trump one. Yeah. How can she talk about the, the let's, power let's, the let's command replay that. thing? Let's is replay absolute. that moment. I hit pause His on the replay. power absolute, <laughs> and I would kill hundreds of civilians. I don't. <laughs> I accidentally hit pause on the uh, on the recording instead instead of the video when you started screaming. <laughs> Are we back? But, uh, yeah, no, oh we're, we're back God. now. How much? So, so they just hear they, some they, of my they, screaming. Yeah, they, and they heard some of your screaming, and then, and, and then came and then back into more when screaming. I said, <laughs> when I said you found the nightmares, when I hit pause, oh, but then I like I immediately restarted the, it. How is she the? Let's let's she's let's the run through the Trump let's, one. Let's throw but, let's throw them through this again real quick. Oh, oh God! Fuck I tell yeah. you this story for two reasons. First, is to make the point that our military answers to a chain of command. And if the president had ordered me into the air to shoot down hundreds of civilians, <laughs> I would have had to do it. Oh. The power of the commander in chief is absolute. I would have had to do it. At no point would she have stopped herself from shooting down a passenger airplane because the president ordered her to do it. Yeah. Um, this is a case study in, in combat ethics. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is exactly what they tell you not to do. Like. In, in the combat ethics courses that I took, uh, where you receive an illegal order, which is to kill civilians. You know, what what what, what would the situation be like in the 9-11 situation? Because they're, they're all going to fucking die anyway. Uh, I mean, the, the real ethical solution is to not shoot the plane down. Yeah, you just, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you, you I, no, I, I get you that. Don't, but... You don't bomb a house full of innocent people because there's three <laughs> terrorists inside of it. That's fair. And that was that was the flight that ended up downing itself into a field anyways. Oh, right, right. So, because they killed themselves. They have that choice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's really no ethical argument for, for her being completely willing to... Or I guess not completely willing, but how can you deny an order from the president from sort the of thing? Yeah. Man, if, if fucking, if George W. Bush told me to kill a bunch of people, I'd be like, fuck yeah, bro, pass the key. Well, if George <laughs> W. goddamn Bush is telling me to do it, I better fucking do it. Um, I haven't, I, I, I stopped myself at the end here, but I think there's more horrible stuff in this. Keep it ad. going, baby. It, it's only like a minute and 30 Keep it fucking left. going. There are no safeguards in situations like that, or a nuclear standoff. <laughs> or a nuclear with standoff. This oh, no. That is concerning. Oh, don't compare I, it to nukes. I did. I did. I didn't, I didn't even get to the nuclear standoff part. So she's like completely willing to also just fucking drop a nuke on somebody because because the president says to do it. What a fucking nightmare, dude. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, and this is this is the candidate that they ran again. And this is an ad. This is an ad. This isn't her just like talking ad living and shit yeah, yeah. talking with I mean, people or anything like that <laughs> but no this is an ad she's clearly reading off of something that's awesome uh let's let's continue because this is getting worse second there are times when politicians might have to make a difficult choice do you stand with the president or do you stand with the country right now is one of those times every republican congressman and senator has to make a choice 
Standing up to the president may not be what they signed up for, but when the president is in solidarity with white supremacists and Nazis, those members of Congress have to stand up and tell him but he's his wrong. his power is absolute. Oh, I guess, his I guess power this is, is absolute. Uh, I guess this is after she realized that being a pro-Trump Democrat was a bad move. Uh, yeah, I it, you can't expect her to be fucking coherent and consistent, though. No, so not, she's probably not, still a pro-Trump. I mean, she did start out as a pro-Trump Democrat, and I can play no, she, the video where yeah. she says that she's a pro-Trump no, I, Democrat. I, I also yeah. recall this. I can. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So I guess I guess she eventually recanted on that, but still, <laughs> I, I'm not even convinced that she did. You know, well, yeah, she no, can I say mean, this, this stuff this and still be like pro Trump. This is know? all performative, yeah, for sure. And then she she can just turn around the next day and be like, yeah, no, I fucking love she's, Trump. She's heavily appealing to the military industrial complex here while, yeah. while saying white supremacy is bad. They need to tell him this is not what America stands for. <laughs> This is not what soldiers, airmen, sailors, and Marines laid for, down their lives for in <laughs> right. World War II. And this is not the kind of president our country deserves. We need leaders willing to stand up and do what's right for our country, no matter who the president is or what party they're in. That's why I'm running for Congress against Andy Barr in Kentucky. He has yet to condemn the president on anything. Oh, oh, this is actually another way. This is a different thing. Never mind. This is uh, this is one of her previous runs. This was for her. So uh, she then turned into a pro-Trump Democrat. Yeah, which is very, so, very, very, so very, she, very funny. She acknowledged way, way ahead of time that Trump was a uh, a racist bigot. Right. Uh, when she was running for Congress. Oh, I, for, um, I forgot that she had a, a congressional run before her Senate run. Right. Which I believe she also failed, but. I mean, um, with a yeah, with a with a, with a person <laughs> like that, um, <laughs> with a person like that, who could win? The um, really quickly, sorry, this is this is both on and off topic. Um, oh, go ahead. But but one of one of the listener asked for a reading list, which we still haven't gone to them. But uh, yeah, we we haven't. But we one suck. one book, um, especially if you're interested in learning about uh, military industrial complex and how uh, the U.S. has never changed. Lord of the Rings. Uh, is, yeah, honestly, <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a really good one to read if you want to uh, remind yourself that progress is a uh, is a lie. Uh, <laughs> but um, but uh, and but also some optimistic stuff about workers uh, actually, you know, fighting for themselves and, and some inspiration stuff. It's uh, Howard Zinn, uh, and the book is a, a People's History of the United States. Phenomenal book. Uh, I've I've read a lot of excerpts from that. Yeah, it's I've phenomenal. never read it all the way through, but yeah, so it, um, is a, it is a very good book. And then if you want to make yourself feel real bad after that, follow it up with pretty much any book by Chris Hedges, um, <laughs> who I also love. But goddamn, uh, he can make you feel real bad. Uh, but uh, well, that, that's kind of his job, I guess. Oh, yeah, it totally is. He's uh, Chris Hedges is actually the guy that convinced me uh, in the end that I'm not a pacifist. Ah, um, which is fascinating. Um, you know, but for, that, that's for maybe a while, for a, a later for, podcast. For for a while, I, I sort <laughs> of had like a pacifist sort of uh, uh, belief system. Yeah, and then I realized, uh, and and a lot of it was me trying to deconstruct the the state violence I had been led to believe in. For fucking sure, yeah. And and then I realized, oh no, it's it's not necessarily violence is bad always. Yeah. Um, it's just when it's, you know, executed by a, an oppressive state that, uh, that it's bad. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I, it, I, I'm still essentially non-interventionalist and I am still, no, no, uh, no, 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 that's, that's I, not, that's not right. Yeah, that's, right. that's got nothing to do with pacifism. That's, Absolutely that's got not, everything yeah. to do with keeping your nose out of shit you don't fucking understand right, and exactly. don't belong in. <laughs> and I still do believe that violence is, uh, bad. 
but uh, sometimes it, it should never be what you want. Yeah, sometimes uh, you got to do uh, as as everyone who has taken any part in this election knows. Uh, sometimes you got to do bad shit to stop bad shit. <laughs> and that's always going to be true, especially uh, when the powers of evil uh, and and corruption well, I mean, and whatnot I mean, continue to get worse and worse. Anybody making the the harm reduction argument with Biden should be able to understand that uh, sometimes you got to crack a couple of eggs to make an omelet, right? Right. <laughs> uh, because their their essential <laughs> argument is that Biden is the lesser of two evils, yep. and. Uh, that's okay versus uh versus you know the 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 greater evil right and uh and i i'll I'll say two things uh the first off is that I mean this purely in a uh, entirely theoretical sense uh <laughs> and hypothetically uh, speaking uh, FBI. hypothetically speaking uh this is only ultimately true in minecraft uh <laughs> <laughs> which is i'm I'm now taking that I'm gonna be using it yeah. um I think minecraft but, um, youtubers already take took that but yeah i only call people then word in minecraft oh jeez um shout out to whoever the fuck did that pewdiepie right is he the guy uh probably i know there's probably a dozen of them um yeah. <laughs> sorry to put a finger on one of them but uh in in certain circumstances some of which we've actually even seen and uh, many of which we will see in the future um violence against uh parties of power is totally necessary and justified um but Damn. only in Minecraft, because the mods are... But only are... in Minecraft. No mods, no masters, friends. No mods, no masters. speaking, if it were completely legal, mm -hmm. if it were legal, yeah. and I'm saying this under a circumstance where this is a legal thing to do, right? I would do a lot of very legal actions <laughs> <laughs> but, but also against to... <laughs> certain ruling class members but if it, it was legal right. to do... Maybe things that are harmful to them, yeah, in a physical maybe, sense. Maybe in, in like a way, like in a like Only a theoretical if it was way. Legal and yeah. and I would carry out, you know, the full letter <laughs> of the law. If if the law required me to put the bodies in a ditch instead of a grave, <laughs> right, right? I would put them Just, in a ditch as per law. Yeah, I mean, we we have those. Uh, we made those mass graves for fucking nobodies in uh, New York when COVID hit. So uh, it's important that we treat everyone more yeah. or less equally. Um, everybody goes in a ditch. That's the everyone law. goes in a ditch. Uh, but also to be clear, though, um, before anyone were to perform any kind of theoretical violence against concepts and or people, um, <laughs> the uh, the most important thing to do is still to uh, support those around you uh, with uh, forms of uh, mutual aid and yes. goodness. Um, Absolutely. And all that good shit. Um, your ultimate that should always be the your focus. Ultimate goal should be to, the well-being of those the, around you. Yes, the well-being of those around you. Um, I was actually, I, I was surprised, but a friend of mine didn't know anything about Fred Hampton. Oh, and, really? And uh, yeah, I was able to king. introduce them to. Uh, yes, Fred Hampton was a total king. I was able to introduce them to Fred Hampton and and what he was doing, and uh, the reason that the FBI decided to assassinate him was because he was uh, creating solidarity between uh, black and uh, Latino gangs in Chicago, um, which obviously the FBI could not. Uh, could not abide by it because goddamn no. if if the darkies are, are getting along that'll that'll be a real problem right yeah um fuck yeah uh what, what else did i have i had some other stuff um oh uh, so 
uh, a bunch of Facebook groups and other social media, I think, was also impacted by this. But uh, a bunch of Facebook groups especially uh, popped up uh, after Trump tweeted out, uh, stop the steal. Stop the steal. Uh, because because the election is obviously being stolen right now because he's losing or at least projected to lose. Right. And as predicted, uh, mail-in ballots are primarily uh, Democratic yeah. uh, votes because Democrats are taking the pandemic a little bit more seriously and they don't want to get into a long line right. and uh, risk getting infected by COVID. Um also, Democratic voters, I think, in general, just see like the the benefit of like, yeah, I'm in my home and I just filled this out and I shoved it in the mailbox and that's it. I'm done. Right. Um, uh, one one quick related unrelated thing is uh, I uh, I want to apologize for my ultimately inaccurate election uh, night math. Uh, I did clarify a few times that all of that was highly theoretical and based on a lot of different estimates uh, and reductive. Well, it, uh, was, but, uh, uh, it was it was as things yeah. were trending. I was pretty <laughs> sure Trump, Trump was going to win. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, people are wrong all the time. Mostly me. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would like to say that um, I, I, I also want to apologize for my... Uh, my my, my actions i want to apologize for what i've done no no no, no. i've done nothing wrong um <laughs> my my your representation of the man. <laughs> my predictive electoral map um mm. had had the democrats at 420 electoral college votes yeah it's a bummer man and the republicans at 69 that has turned out to be incredibly false and <laughs> you know i'm sorry I, I used the best metrics I had available, which was I really like the weed number and the sex number. But my my question, Mike, is where <laughs> where did the other forty nine votes go? Uh, those those were those were all cast for uh, Joe, Joe Jorgensen. Jorgensen yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah! You know Joe Jorgensen. I forget where it was, but she got less votes than Kanye did. Which yeah, is the yeah, funniest yeah. fucking. Well, the shit. other thing the the other thing is I think it was Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin in 2016, well, here in Wisconsin in 2020 had like a 1.1% vote for Kanye. (laughs) And in 2016, Wisconsin had like a nine point something. It's like a 9.3%. If if my memory is correct, vote (laughs) for D's nuts. D's nuts. (laughs) That fucks. So That's very good. That's Kanye, very good. Kanye well did historically worse than D's nuts did I in, mean, in Wisconsin. So I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop I'm sorry. Saying you're sorry, dude. It's fine. I I watched the Kanye Joe Rogan interview. I'm sure that was um, something. That was something. That was that fucking guy. I, okay, so I gotta confess, I. I have like no exposure to Kanye West in any way, shape, or form. Like I like I like hip hop, and I have I've like avoided him in so many ways. <laughs> and I uh, I like people who are messes, but something about the way in which he's such a public mess. Uh, I just I've never watched one of his interviews or anything before. Like everything I know about Kanye West has been secondhand. But. Holy shit, that was a bizarre experience. Dude, he's he needs to get back on his fucking medicine. Oh, maybe. He, I don't know. He's like a he's like a a William Blake that sucks though. <laughs> you know, like I I honestly I kind of liked it. 
uh, yeah, yeah. At, no, at points. It's, it's fun in some ways to watch. No, okay. The, the man claimed that he was going to build a, a circular, um, like, uh, like a coliseum type thing that would have a hundred thousand gospel singers in it that would that would sing gospel music and it would be also a school and he talked about all this weird eugenic shit and it was it fucking like it was be the nasa of schools and it it was it was so bizarre and visionary in like a nightmarish way and it's just like holy fuck this guy needs medication i wish i wish i could adjust him slightly you know <laughs> but you always want to adjust visionaries a little bit but but this man would be so dope if he didn't suck so fucking much <laughs> like if, imagine someone saying that in meaning it you know i'm gonna build a coliseum with a hundred thousand gospel singers in it and we're going to have the the, the nasa of schools and it's just this insane shit, which yeah, is, and I think he's, the problem with him is that he's, it's not that he's even off of his medicine because you, people who are off of the medicine can make great shit and honestly take your medicine. Like we always say, take your but, medicine. but fucking he's like poisoned by Silicon <clears throat> Valley nerds. I think, I well, think yeah, they got I mean, into his he, brain. He, uh, he, he's, he's hung out with uh, Elon Musk and Does stuff he hang like out with Elon I, I don't know if they hang out on a regular basis. I'm sure basis, they do. But, Why did I even but ask? They've, they've taken pictures together yeah, and stuff like that. Even if there's that, no so. evidence that they hang out, they absolutely hang yeah. out. Um, <laughs> Especially if there's no evidence. So, yeah, he, he's he's clearly poisoned by some tech bro bullshit. And uh, I, I think, you know, he, he was on medication, from what I understand, for a long time. Mm. Uh, and that was when, like, his rap career was actually doing, like, really good. Yeah, was he, was he was talking on? about getting, like, forced onto medication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, that, that was also very evident <laughs> in the way he told it that that was not what happened right i'm gonna steal a shot from you brother go ahead you got another shot glass over there i got a shot glass over here you got one over fucking, there fucking oh no i don't do you want to do you want to do you want to share this shot yeah different different sides of the glass so it's yeah. not gay <laughs> yeah we're both gonna knock our heads back at the same time and see what happens yeah <laughs> do you want to try it no fuck you it's gonna spill anyway kanye us. kanye we're talking about oh i also watched the one with uh what the fuck's his face uh the the gay frog guy alex, oh, jones. alex jones and that sucked yeah man, alex, that guy jones. Sucks. alex jones isn't even fun man he sucks so fucking much it's incredible i i like i don't i don't understand the even the ironic <laughs> obsession with him <laughs> Uh, he just sucks. Yeah, no, he, yeah. I this mean, this is coming from someone that you that for, I've been listening for, to Alex uh, Jones since like Bush was president. Like I listened was, to him. He back was then. kind of fun, you know, sure. when, when he was like screaming about the frogs being gay. But now it's and, just sad, dude. And, you like, know, everybody's a reptilian. Yeah, but now he's 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 clearly past whatever like enjoyment could have been gotten out of him like he was so did you see the interview with with him and rogan uh i watched a little bit of it and he's so desperate to suckle at rogan's teat yeah yeah <laughs> which is the funniest that, image that in the world something to me. funny to watch uh -huh. that's that's one of one of the reasons i watch any of rogan's show at all is to like 
uh, see these guys like totally simp for Rogan and right. like a really like. But then, bro, I just I just want a little bit of your success, bro. Right. Just give me a little bit of your success. But, Let me but, suck but, in but your then, titty for a little bit of your success, bro. <laughs> but then, like R- R- Rogan is doing a sober October thing, or was because uh, you know who the fuck is he? Yeah, um, and, and Rogan and, like just wasn't having any of his bullshit. Yeah, he wasn't having his bullshit, <laughs> and, and fucking uh, Alex Jones kept on like trying to force him or like trick him into getting drunk or yeah. high or something. Right. And he's like. What a shitty guy. That guy sucks in every conceivable way, yeah. actually. I mean, surprised he doesn't have a whole lot of empathy or like. <laughs> I mean, e- even even as much of a shithead as I am, whenever yeah. whenever you try to like do a period of sobriety, I don't I don't yeah. like force it on you. I fuck that up for myself. Yeah, I yeah. wait. I wait until you fuck it up, and then I'm like, hey, bro, you want to do some shots? Speaking of, let's do let's <laughs> yeah. do the shot. Do that shot so I can do my shot. Cheers! There you go. We're sharing a shot glass. We're doing us. Like, we're gay now, but in a cool way. We're we're Eskimo like all brothers gay. through the shot. Oh, nobody gets that. <laughs> nobody yeah. nobody knows what that means, man. Every time I've ever learned that I was Eskimo brothers with someone, it's been bad news. Yeah. Well, maybe. Let me think. This this isn't changing any of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I would hate to uh, cheers. By the way. Oh yeah. Uh, Whatever, man. Around here, it's fine. Cheers, 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 cheers. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever. Shit goes down smooth. Has there been a good? I don't know. I don't know. No, it's never good. I guess not. That's that's when you learn that you don't like your friend as much as you thought you liked them, or your lover. Like that's the big. <laughs> that's the, like that's more what I'm talking about. Like the wait him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or her, or her. Yeah, whatever. Um. Shit, there's there's more relevant stuff to talk about Man, here. Man, we're not just gonna fucking do a pod about no D touching V. Oh yeah, so there was the the stop the steal stuff, and then stop uh, the steal, and then we're, we'll listen. Bitch, to, we don't make steel anymore. We'll we'll listen to a little <laughs> bit of this, but uh, yeah. uh, Trump had this really awesome uh, press conference today. Yeah. Um, or press briefing, I guess it wasn't. It wasn't a conference <laughs> so much briefing. because he just stormed off afterwards. Yeah, has he? I mean, yeah. What's the difference now? Uh, they're yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all conferences now, I guess. Um, but let me find the link. While you're looking for that, there we go. Firestone. They make like the best single run beers, but their usual like yeah, they're normal beers suck. Yeah, their single runs are really good. What's with that? That's that's actually a lot of places. I think that's fair. Yeah, like I don't really care for for the the regular stone uh, brewery runs. Yeah, but they're they're like limited runs or like their seasonal runs are really good. Right. Um, mm, I'm trying to think of other ones. There's there's a lot of fucking breweries around here. Yeah, like Belching um, Beaver and uh, what's the uh, Mother's and whatnot. I I prefer their their limited runs in both cases. Right. I mean, of course, they're like always. That's always going to be kind of the case. But like, it, it's it's bizarre with Firestone how it, it like incredible the limited that, runs that are. People buy enough um, of the regular run Firestone for for them to keep making <laughs> the uh, experimental runs. I I do I do want to say something that's going to offend uh, anyone that we currently have uh who lives in like wisconsin or is from wisconsin uh but uh fucking i i spent a lot of the last year in milwaukee and uh i still have not tried spotted cow by a uh, new glarus and fuck you i don't want to <laughs> damn son fuck you 
bitch. We uh, we don't abide by spotted cow in this house. We don't do it. We don't fucking do it. I'm not going to drink your spotted cow, new Glarus <laughs> bullshit. Bur- fuck you. I'm not going to even well, try geez. it. Uh, so here's By the a, way, if you're in Milwaukee right now, go ahead and try the uh, Enlightenment Brew. Uh, no, it's oh, good. Oh, oh, my accent started playing that. No, Enlightenment by... Well, no, no it's an Enlightenment Brewery, and it's uh, Imperative is the name. It's, oh. a, it's a very nice uh, uh, that seems drinkable more like IPA. A, that seems more like a cologne uh, name yeah. than, than a beer name. It's also a cant joke, so it's like the only fun thing having to do with cant you'll ever ah, experience. Yes. yes. So, Let's All just right. move on. Uh, so here's here's uh, Trump. We won't listen to. Uh, this is like a 17 minute briefing that he did. Uh, most of it was just him whining and complaining. Uh, we won't listen to the whole thing, but we'll we'll listen to a couple minutes of it. And uh, it's it's a uh, uh, <laughs> uh, good. I was I was listening to this at work, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the guys on my crew came into the office to do some paperwork and stuff. And I didn't turn it off because it's like, like normally I don't listen to political stuff with with other people in the office. It's probably good, but uh, or bad. I, I figure know. this is you know a briefing from the president of the United States, so right. probably important to listen to right now during yeah, if you the listen election. to it without commentary. Then yeah, it was without commentary. I was just listening to this, um, and then he even made the remark like, "Holy shit." It's and and he's not like a, a leftist, a progressive person, or anything like mm-hmm. that. He's he's a very centrist uh, Gen Xer, okay. as best I can place him. Right. Uh, and he was like, "Jesus Christ, it's really fucked up that a president is just saying shit like this." Jesus. All right. So uh, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and listen. This <laughs> this is this is fucked up, even to centrists. I'm very excited. Thank you very much. I like it very much. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Good evening. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. To name just a few, we won these and many other victories despite historic election interference from big media, big money, and big tech. As everybody saw, we won by historic numbers. Nate Silver. And the pulses got it knowingly wrong. They got it knowingly wrong. We had polls that were so ridiculous, and everybody knew it at the time. There was no blue wave that they predicted. They thought there was going to be a big blue wave. That was false. That was done for suppression reasons. But instead, there was a big red wave. And it's been properly acknowledged, actually, by the media. They were, (laughs) I think, very impressed. But that was after the fact. That doesn't do us any good. We kept the Senate, despite having twice as many seats to defend as Democrats, and in a really uh, much more competitive states, we've uh, we did a fantastic job with the Senate. I think we're very proud of what's happened there. We had many more seats to defend. They spent almost $200 million on Senate races in South Carolina and Kentucky alone, two races, and hundreds of millions of dollars overall against us. 
At the national level, our opponents' major donors were Wall Street bankers and special interests. Our major donors were police officers, farmers, everyday citizens. Yet, for the first time ever, we lost zero races in the House. I was talking to Kevin McCarthy today. He said he couldn't believe it. Zero races. Very unusual thing. Zero. By House, he means Senate. And actually won many new seats with, I think, many more on the way. This was also the year of the Republican woman. More Republican women <laughs> were right. elected to Congress than That's a, that's a throwback, guys. That's a throwback from, like, the 90s. Achievement. I won the largest share of non-white voters of any Republican in 60 years, including this historic is true. numbers of Latino, What sucks is that this is true. American, Asian American, and Native American comp. voters. Uh, <laughs> the largest ever in our history. You we grew it. our party by 4 million voters, the greatest turnout in Republican Party history. Uh, Democrats are the party of the big donors, the big media, the big tech it seems, and Republicans have become the party of the American worker, and that's what's happened. And we're also, I believe, the party of inclusion. As everyone now recognizes, media polling was <laughs> election interference in the truest sense of that word. It's, it's wrong for the media to interests. poll. <laughs> right. These really phony polls, I have to call them phony polls, fake polls, were fake designed poll. to keep phony voters polls, fake polls. at home, create the illusion of momentum. For Mr. one day, it'll be really Republicans fun ability to, to uh, write funds. essays about his semantics and when he uses phony and when he uses fake. Everyone yeah. knows that now. Right now, I just don't. It's never been used to the extent that it's been used on this last election. Never been used to the extent that it's been used on this election. Quinnipiac, which was wrong <laughs> on every occasion that I know of, had Joe Biden up by five points in Florida. And they were off by eight point four. God, which, which, let me go ahead and throw uh, in that, that the people who thought that Florida was going to flip uh, blue for some reason, right, were fucking brain dead, dude. Yeah, and I, 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 I also want to note this this whole fucking thing about and we talked about this on the live stream a little bit, but this idea that Texas is going to flip and it will eventually. I, I, I promise uh, you that it eventually will. Yeah, in like but, in like twenty thirty six or something like that. Yeah, like my my bet is in uh, twelve years. You know, Texas might flip. Um, so yeah, pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, but the reason that people keep on saying that Texas is going to flip is because it is tending slightly more and more purple over time. Um, but the they we just have these giant fucking ad companies that are obsessed with pouring or, or, or like getting people to enter into this new giant ad market and pay a huge amount of money for it. And so, of course, when you have one of the largest states, both, you know, by literal size and by by population, um, you have ad companies that keep on screaming, hey, this is a worthwhile battleground for for you to fight in, uh, and it's it is kind of in a way because it's tending over time, but it's not going to win anything. And so, though it's a battleground state, it's only a battleground state in the very long term. It's not going to flip. Um, and if you ever make any of your calculations politically on the fact that it might flip, um, and and uh, you know it's uh, within the next twelve years, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, don't do that. I've got Lincoln Project shit. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's roll. Um, shit, I gotta, I gotta find this this link though. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll circle back around on Lincoln Project in a minute. So let's uh let's go to uh some bad news okay um no please not more of that yeah so uh this has been what what we've or at least i've and i think you agree with this probably uh, trump's strategy is if he didn't win an outright election what he would do is contest it on the courts right yes of course uh so if you keep going through that video that we were playing about Trump, he goes into more detail about how everything is fraudulent and, you know, there's all these very suspicious circumstances that have led to Biden winning certain districts that, you know, he shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. And it's not the landslide that the, that the pollsters thought it would be. So that means that oh, everything gosh. is false. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Trump campaign uh, temporarily halted counting in Philadelphia, and that's why we don't have uh, that's why we don't have complete numbers in Pennsylvania uh, because uh, there there was a temporary court order to stop the counting until enough GOP uh, observers could get into the room. Crazy, and you know GOP observers were already in the fucking room, but they wanted more of them, of course, because whatever. Uh, so, you know, the overall, the overall strategy of the, of the Trump, Trump campaign was always going to be if they didn't win an outright election and we've talked about this, they were going to contest it through the court. And now they have a supermajority conservative, uh, Supreme court who is going to be the ultimate deciding factor if this really comes down to a legal battle. Uh, so, you know. Trump looks like a total fucking loser going out and saying like it's unfair and they're all against me and all these ballots are coming yeah. out of nowhere sort of b- bullshit but he is laying the groundwork and he has laid yeah. the, not him specifically but his administration has laid the groundwork for months now mm-hmm. to win a legal battle yeah. if this is contested in the courts and the Democratic Party has done fucking nothing to stop this. No, yeah, well, we, we gotta fight fair. We gotta fight fair, okay? We yeah, we gotta, gotta take the high road. We gotta take the high road. We gotta take the high road. There can be no shrewd uh, maneuvering or anything like that. No, we have not. to. We have to abide by the process. And it doesn't matter if the Republican Party is going to change the process. We have to abide by the process look, that's, look, that's there. I know. I know you care about, you know, people of color and uh, <laughs> subalternated people of all sorts, but I need to be able to sleep at night. And you can't sleep at night if the process has been infringed yeah. in some way. I mean, those people, they'll, they'll manage oh, on their own. Oh, this is America. Those people. Pull, yeah. Pull up by your bootstraps. You'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. But me, I need to be able to sleep at night. Uh, with my ice creams. Fair enough. <laughs> Why are they so obsessed with ice cream? These fucking people. I don't know, man. Is it because that's the only way that like their weird lizard brain can cool down yeah, and like, get some dopamine? Everybody like, loves ice cream, and since we eat ice cream, oh then, yeah, that's totally what it is. It's just signaling. Yeah, it is signaling. And ice cream something. is dope. I want some ice cream right now. But uh, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? 
My like, favorite what do you kind like of ice cream yeah. is uh, is mint chocolate chip. All right, that's a classic choice. That's a good choice. I'm a I'm like a, a vanilla adjacent guy. Like I like vanilla esque okay. things, but I like to have a you lot know, of like I, cool mix. I used to say that you know sexuality was a lot like your ice cream choice. That's not true of me at all. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me work through this for okay. a second. <laughs> This, this was my weird way of convincing people that they might be like a little bit bisexual or like yeah. or like uh, okay. uh, gay in some ways. Okay. Uh, you know, you really want ice cream, right? Yeah. And, and my, pref- to, to my preference, <laughs> <laughs> my preference is mint chocolate chip. Mm. But if I really want ice cream and I go to the store and all they have is vanilla, I'm going to go home with vanilla, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I thought you were claiming that I was vanilla. No, which no, would no, be no, funny no, no, no. to anyone who has yeah, ever had, had the disservice of, of, <laughs> of interacting with me in any way. No, um, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Not even so sexually. I'm saying that, just, like when when you have when you have sexual desires, sometimes yeah. you're willing to. Uh, I'll fuck a couch to, yeah, or a guy, you'll, or you'll, you know. you'll settle for things that you normally wouldn't have settled for. Honestly, folks, I know this isn't Tinder, Dorian. If you're trying to put. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying but, to put something out there. No, Now's no. not the time. Tinder sucks anyway. Um, oh, geez. It's all, all right. about hinge, y'all. Um, Fair enough. But, uh, but if, you, uh, if you're a straight man or view yourself as that, uh, and you have, and I know that you have, fucked an inanimate object, <laughs> then you can fuck a guy. You can do it. Hey, fuck it's a okay. guy. They're warm and sometimes kind of soft. And they're nice. They nice. might even they might even have like soft little cute edges and stuff. You yeah, know? they might like they'll they'll do stuff you don't expect, and you'll like <laughs> come, and then you'll feel weird about it. Oh you know? God, what have I done? Yeah, like if you're willing to fuck a couch and you can't like make out with a guy, then uh, buddy, you gotta work out some shit. Yeah, you know. I agree. What I'm saying is, if anyone wants to, uh, you know. You know, Anyone, you know what I'm male, saying. Female, male, female, male, female, neither. Rock, non-binary. <laughs> please, please. Computer screen. <laughs> Two. All right. Well, this is uh, this has gotten. We're we're not in a Toilet good paper right holder. Now. Oh, geez, man, that's gonna cut some things. Yeah. The, you know. the cardboard cuts are worse than paper cuts. Yeah, they are. I know. <laughs> and I've I've never experienced them on my member. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was I've a worked, young man. I've worked once. in retail and, uh, you know, yeah. like opening no, they boxes suck. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on from the things I fucked. Yeah. Uh, so so we'll go into the Lincoln Project stuff or that tried. I wanted to bring up. Oh, um, the Lincoln Project. All right. Fucking um, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So the Lincoln Project, it, it should be noted, had this express goal that they were going to try to take <laughs> Republicans and make them... Democrats for at least this one election uh, with with the intent of like we've got to restore some some normalcy sort yeah. of sort of rhetoric God, I going love on normalcy yeah normalcy is great it's really good uh, I, I hate to break it to anybody who fell for this but it was what? always a grift from the start oh no and I don't remember if I talked about it in the podcast or if this was just something that I like Shat post at all my friends. <laughs> <Shat> post. <laughs> uh, it's the past tense of shit. Yeah, post. That's a very good. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's um, sure <laughs> something that I shat post at all my friends about how you should not trust the Lincoln part or pro- project. 
you should not trust the Lincoln Project because they have ulterior motives and what they're going to do. And I've said this since the very beginning of like the Lincoln Project making its way into social media. I mean, like what what was what was my joke about the Lincoln Project that uh, Werner von Braun was part of it? Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just the, a new the way to of, reconcile the goal with Nazis. Of the Lincoln Project was always going to be they are going to co-opt a bunch of liberals. They're going to raise a bunch of money off of liberals. And then what they're going to do is they're going to turn around and they're going to drive some some right uh, propaganda into this. They're going to lean conservative They're, I mean, these are these are people I mean, who advocated for the war in Iraq. Anything for a reach around, friend. And, and what they're eventually going to do is they're going to to co-opt any kind of centrist energy there is and force it to the right. Right. And yep. this is this is proof, and we'll we'll see. So, the the question it's a little bit hard to hear at the beginning of this video, so I'll just read it off. Uh, the question being asked is, where does the Republican Party go? Uh, the people in the Lincoln Project, where do they go? Where do they go? The Republican Party go. The people in the Lincoln Project. We believe that Joe Biden will be elected the next president. So Lincoln Project and other uh, Republicans uh, and former Republicans out there will continue uh, the work uh, of trying to resolve internally and resurrect uh, the party in a way that it can become a governing majority in the future. Because those principles, Andrea, and those ideals that we espouse that well, you're open about it, over you know, years ago, to me, yeah, I like, mean, they're, they're open about it. Like the Democrats, if, if, if Joe Biden were to pop up and say, we gotta work with our friends on the <laughs> right uh, so that we can eventually fuck them all to death. Then I'd be like, you know what? Hey, that's, at that's least pretty he's cool. being honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, their express goal, and I'm sorry, the audio was pretty quiet. So if you didn't hear what he said, uh, he says that the uh, this is a senior advisor for for the Lincoln Project, Michael Steele. Uh, their plan is to Michael resurrect. Steele. The resurrect the Republican Party in a way that it be, that it could become a governing majority in the future. Right. Their goal from the very fucking beginning, and I'm so sorry if you got hoodwinked by them. Their goal was always going to be to to a, a conservative right rightward bent. Right. Yeah. Of um, course. It's the now, fucking Lincoln Project. Now what they've done. Now what they've done is they've scraped a bunch of money out of liberals who were like yes queen you're dunking on donald trump and they're going to use that money to dra drag our politics to the right right yeah exactly cool good <laughs> the ratchet effect i'm gonna i'm just gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make the the benzo rehab dungeon a gear and just put a ratchet on top of it. <laughs> honestly that would be pretty funny yeah it would for be a while, kind of funny for a little yeah. while yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, fuck. Um, cool, bro. Everything yeah, I mean, there's, dope. there's, uh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, California voted against uh, everything. Uh, abolishing cash bail. Um. Oh fuck. So wait, is that one of the ones I listed off before? I thought, did I get that wrong? I don't know. Maybe. Or did I get it right and then I... I don't remember. Oh, no, 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 no. I mixed it up with the the, the good one about um, felon franchisement. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. felons that, are, that are on but, parole can, yeah. can vote. Which is great. Which, which is, is very great. good. That yeah. is good. 
But uh, the cash bail uh, system is still going to be in effect in California. I will say one good thing about that, which is that their replacement for it was going to be an algorithmic kind of system based on predictive effects, which would have probably been incredibly racist. Yeah. Uh, and Without I'm also very much in favor of things not being uh, algorithmatized and fucking means tested. Um, but uh, cash bail is still abominable. Yeah. Uh, the, the current system we have is also incredibly racist. So. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, it wasn't really a replacement of cash bail. It was just a modification of it in a lot For of sure. ways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, bittersweet there. Mostly bitter, but some yep. sweet. Uh, QAnon promoter uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is now a congresswoman. Oof. Uh, That's really horrible. <laughs> yes. So QAnon is now part of our governing body. I mean... It, it always kind of was in some <laughs> respects, granted. But now it is officially a part of our governing bar- body. Uh Marjorie, this is CNN, by the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican businesswoman known for espousing conspiratorial and bigoted views, won her house race to represent Northwest Georgia. CNN predicts or projects Tuesday. Um, So that's cool. So for, you know, all the squad wins we have, we also now have a a QAnon honor who's I, I hope she's going to be so insane that she just like weeds herself out. Well, uh, but, oh God, you think that's how but, it works, but <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I understand the country you live in, and I uh, I I won't. Uh, Do you say it's Northwest Georgia? Uh, yes. Does that North, include Northwest. Atlanta? Uh, Does she have control in Atlanta? Jeez, uh, <laughs> Atlanta is Northwest. I just don't know how far Northwest is. Like I don't ha- Here, know how that map uh, is let's drawn. Look up her electoral map. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because Atlanta's, like, per per what I've heard, and I've heard a lot of, like, weird apologetic shit, but, like, that uh, Atlanta is uh, relatively <laughs> left-leaning and, like, a decent place to live and pretty cool and stuff. No, Atlanta's blue. Well, yeah, it's... Oh, okay. No, and, and yeah, I, I think she's a little bit further northwest. Than oh, okay. This, this so she's just putting up against it. Yeah. Okay. Still, that's fucking mortifying. No, it's, it's it's it doesn't matter where she is. Yeah, yeah, but. it's really bad because she still has the same amount of power as anybody else in the house. Right. Uh, I mean, except for Nancy Pelosi. Yes, queen. Man, when, so what's her longevity like, you think? Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I I was hoping Shahid Batar would win. Uh, obviously, that was a long shot. He only ended up getting like. 25 to 30 percent of the vote right um and you know california has a jungle primary so jungle primary it was it was a democrat versus the democrat mm-hmm. and san francisco sucks let's just go ahead and throw that out there san yeah. francisco sucks. guys you know what it uh we should all listen to the term san francisco democrat and it should make all of our skin crawl left yes. and right absolutely um, I mean, there's some uh, great things about San Francisco in the area, but great, mostly, great especially cultures, right some, now, some, some fun right things. Now, awful. Yeah. Awful. The the housing the housing market in, in the San Diego. <laughs> Holy fuck. The ha- housing market in the San Diego area is fucked, but the uh, the housing market in the San Francisco area. What's, what's is, the most offensive like two bedroom rental that you found here uh, in California, in Southern, in, in San Diego? The most offensive I found down here in San Diego County is probably like. 
2900 I got a fucking deal. Yeah. A deal in a two-bedroom apartment that was about 3000 3000 a month for, for, one, for one bedroom, right? No, this was a two-bedroom, oh, to okay. be fair. To be fair. Right. Because before but that... But it was a very small bedroom situation. Oh, yeah. They, they were small. But, but I mean, that was a fucking, like, an unbelievable deal. Like, all my friends were shocked yeah. that I had that. And, and, my, and to be fair, 2900 is on the high side. Yeah, well, that's at, what I'm saying. And, and you're talking 29... Your nightmare was my 2900 dream. 2900 is, right. is on the low side up there. My, the my place before that was 3300 um, for a two-bedroom... That was literally, and I mean that literally, a fucking, uh, what's it called? Those, those, um. Connex box? Yeah. Yeah. A shipping just container? Just a fucking shipping container. Yeah. Like a plastic and metal shipping container. <laughs> uh, a, a re, uh, a repurposed <laughs> yeah. shipping container was, the, the, was 3300 a month. The, the Bay Area is all about upcycling. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, dude, that and I lived with a fucking psycho, but that's not their fault. Um, That's not San Francisco's fault. I'll blame the psycho. Yeah, Yeah. Um, definitely the psycho's fault. (laughs) Dude, that fucking place is insane. So I I went over to the poet laureate's house once, which you would think would be like a mansion. No, 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 no. absolutely not. It was up in the hills there. Nobody can afford fucking anything there. It was up in the hills and and it was this really, really conservative up looking over the entire fucking city like it saw across the bay it saw the bridge it saw everything up in the berkeley hills but it was like a single story two single bedroom, story one two bathroom. bedroom yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, of, of the fucking poet laureate of the united states on this yeah. place um with his wife who is also one of the most well-respected poets yeah. in the world like it's well, well, well like i said and you, also posts don't make anything you know but, there's <laughs> there's all these these uh, upper management people in in the place i live right. and work yeah. Who are saying that they can't afford a house in the place that they work in. And right. they have spouses who also make money. And, <laughs> and you know, they're, they're still like, yeah, I don't think I could live in this city right now. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's Pro- uh, it's it's well, hmm. California is just a, a really nice socialist hellhole, you know. What a fucking. Yeah, God damn it. Yeah, it's. It's funny to me because you know I've I've got uh, through through my partner I have uh, some family that lives in the south and before they they came and visited they were worried that uh, California wouldn't have like regular meat eating sort of uh, establishments or anything like that I was like no 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 <laughs> that's not the problem here the problem here is that uh, we can't live here <laughs> Dude, yeah it's oh. God damn it. We've, we've got plenty start, of meat. we got plenty of food. We, like the, we have no housing. We're like the home of the bullshit gastropub right now, guys. We have more bacon than anyone does. Oh, yeah. No, we, we got... The, the the very idea of a gastropub is just amazing to me. I love gastropubs. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, they're like great a, food yeah. usually, but like it's just such a pretentious way of saying Incredibly. like... Uh, we're we're gonna make food that's a little bit tastier, or yeah, like, like a little like, bit more experimental sort of thing. A little bit experimental. <laughs> we're gonna do as if it's experimental. They all serve the same fucking food, but yeah, but all, like, all the gastropubs serve right. the same food, but it's, it's a little like, bit outside of what a normal. Hey guys, we did the duck fat fries, yeah. unlike literally literally everyone else who yeah, did every other gastro truffle here. fries with right. duck fat. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, yeah. But they're also like, man, I hate. I also hate gastropubs. Like, it's weird. It's such a weird mix, you know? No, no, no. I've, I've always felt bad walking into a gastropub. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. I don't feel good about it. I just I know that I'm going to get like a little bit more interesting food. Exactly. And so I still do it. I don't do it anymore, obviously, because we live in COVID times and nothing right. is open anymore. But back when when things were open, you know, every now and then I would go to a gastro pub and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to eat a burger with a different kind of cheese on it today. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hold on. Let me let me check. Hold on. Hold the fuck on. Never mind. I'll bring this up after because I don't want to give this place any like any any uh, yeah. more business. All so right. I'm not going to bring them up Fair on enough. our podcast that has four people listening to it. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> one listener. <laughs> one listener and four people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what's up? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure I had any more. I, I mean, there's 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 so much information going on right now that it's that it's hard to like really yeah. pin things down into like a coherent narrative. Um. Uh, guess what? Joe Biden's still at two sixty four. <laughs> Trump yeah. is still at two fourteen. Nothing's changed. What the fuck is going on in Nevada? I know they paused and they were going to start counting Dude, up again today, but man, uh, I don't see anything moving. I I have no idea what Nevada's problem is. Yeah, yeah they were just like, we're going to wait until way, Thursday. In some ways. Uh huh. Um. So Florida has like big name recognition, right? Yeah. And I feel like, Dude, do some states part, not have like big name recognition? Like some, Nevada doesn't have big name recognition. Well, here's here's Sorry. here's <laughs> part of part of my theory uh-huh. is that Nevada wanted to just be in the news a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if any state were to do it, <laughs> right, right. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Uh, you know, come Nevada, to Vegas. Nevada, it's where we are still torturing you. Nevada. Yeah. Well, the mayor of Las Vegas, uh, she, you know, early on in COVID was, you know, oh, God damn it. Yeah. Boasting about how she wanted Las Vegas to be a case study and like, let us open up, let us do whatever we want. And, you know, we'll we'll make sure that the uh, the the gambling facilities, you know, have a plan. Right. And we'll we'll be like the test for for whether or not we can survive during covid times. Yeah. So no. that was kind of a marketing ploy in some ways. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Las Vegas is is a huge amount of the electoral at there. Of course. Uh, it's it's one of the only cities that exist in Nevada. So um, yeah, right, I right. feel like in a lot of ways, Nevada has yeah. maybe intentionally slowed down this vote so that they can be. The big contentious thing that everybody's looking at That's and everybody's fair, got That's fair. Nevada in their mind for, yeah. for for a while now. Yeah. And because I don't I don't trust any of these capitalist fuck dorks, you know? <laughs> fuck dork is a good one. Yeah. Uh, same. Same. Uh, I, I, um, I, they all have ulterior motives and, and I don't believe that, you know, the election is is exempt from their ulterior motives. Right. And uh, can I? This is this is totally non sequitur, but it's still about the election. Sure, man. Um, we're, it, we're pretty much done here, <laughs> right? But just to point out what an incredible failure this is again for the Democratic Party. Uh, Trump has a higher count of the non-white vote than any Republican has in sixty years. Absolutely. Which absolutely um, just goes to show you that while I, I'm going to confess, I'm going to confess. I didn't for- vote for Trump, <laughs> but uh, but with with all of this shit going on, the majority of the people that are moving over to vote for Biden are people who 
probably have the least to lose. Yep. Which is insane. And it makes sense in some ways. I mean, as you, you listen to this podcast, they so want to go back probably see what's going on. Um, but the people that do have so much to lose are still somehow willing to vote for Trump in greater and greater numbers. It's still not the majority, uh, but it's still greater and greater numbers. Uh, and a lot of that may have been the scare fucking mongering in Florida with the Cuban vote and things like that. But but the, the fact of the matter is that uh, the Democratic Party is, even if it wins this time, still losing more and more of the subaltern vote. And that's fucking horrifying sure. and should tell you something. Yes, it is. It is a complete indictment on the Democratic National Convention or committee uh, that that this is such a close election because yeah. it is demonstrably true that Trump has fucked up, has not been a good president, yeah. has mishandled the covid crisis whatever amount of things that you want to leverage against trump and the fact that it is this close it should have it should have been the landslide that was been predicted that that was predicted by the polls guess what friends but it's not bernie would have won bernie would have won bernie would have beyond won I, I swear to fucking God, I know it's all theoretical at well, this point. Well, I know see, he's this, not this going is... to run in the future, but Bernie would have fucking won and Bernie would have done something, no matter if he's a fucking bitch. Like, <laughs> like he would have won. Well, well, it would have excited that's the thing, people. Is, is, you know, I don't I don't believe Bernie would have flipped Florida because of the Cuban vote there. And if you don't understand right. how the Cuban vote works in Florida, uh, it's not the Latin population. Uh, that that you want to believe it is? Yeah. Uh, the the people that fled to Florida. Castro from, took my slaves. <laughs> yes, the yeah. people that that fled to to Florida from Cuba were or part, my grandparents' slaves. Were part of an oppressor class that found themselves now being maybe uh, persecuted in some ways because they had benefited from from decades of generational wealth. Right. Uh, and so they had to flee because uh, they didn't want to give up their wealth. I'm so excited for one day the U.S. to collapse or to go like full fucking communist or something. Yeah, and, and see, then we'll all see of, where all of our oligarchs go. All of our oligarchs go to Canada and fuck up their politics even worse than theirs already is. That'd be hilarious. Uh, that would be very funny. <laughs> Good revenge for sending yeah. us people like Stephen Crowder and exactly. Molyneux and stuff. All, all, um, the, all the bigots that they've exported to right. us. Uh, so but, anyways... Going on, uh, no. I don't believe that that uh, Bernie would have flipped Florida. Probably However, not Florida, but he would have flipped uh, Nevada he would much have quicker. Flipped a lot of southern states. Yeah, not just Nevada. No shit. Well, I, I, yeah, that's just the most obvious one. That, like that Nevada would have been done by one. now. Yeah, not only not only Nevada, but uh, New Mexico. New Mexico is Ares- already blue, isn't it? Uh, I think it did this time, but he would have yeah. he would have been a b- a better contender there. Right, Arizona, uh, Georgia is like really up in the air right now. Right, and a yeah, populist, Georgia would have populist message sure. would have fucking worked there. North Carolina, North Carolina, that would have flipped easy. Uh, Probably the, Pennsylvania as well. Like, there's a lot of like disenfranchised working yeah, class. Exactly. Like, we're not the, talking about the South anymore, but but no, no, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Working into more of the Rust Belt. Right. Where people have been disenfranchised and that populist message works. Right. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Right. Whether like people don't care whether or not 
I, I mean, by and large, people don't give a shit whether or not somebody is technically a socialist or not. Right. If they are promising you a better life and they have a yeah. real path to that better life, you are going to vote for them as somebody who just wants a better life. Yeah. The people that care about the shit are like quasi educated nerds that actually don't know shit. Absolutely. You know? And and it's like we talked about on your live stream, you don't have to be hyper educated to have leftist beliefs. No, leftist, in fact, historically, that's not the case. That is not the case. Leftist beliefs have to be presented to you in a way where you, right. you want to engage with them. Yeah. And you know that it will benefit you. As much as I love the Frank Frankfurt School and all of the theorists that have come from that, the greatest crime that they've probably committed is uh, making it so that leftward politics seems obscure, autistic. And, and that, uh, that is so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's like, guys, the, the left is trying to help out the workers, uh, not the fucking like the, the, the people who happen to have like 12 PhDs, though I would like to have 12 PhDs. Um, but still, ultimately, would be forced into yeah. being a worker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But and 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 I think as long as you were making a a living wage, a a not not just like a living wage where you're making ends meet, but a living wage where where you're comfortable. You yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you would be happy with twelve PhDs and like a regular income, right? Yeah. Because you're you're not I'm and I'm the same way where I'm not after anything more than just like the ability to live a comfortable life and, yeah. and it should be available to me. I mean, like the, the numbers that I've seen for happiness and income is it's something to the degree of like, once you start making $80,000 a year that your happiness no longer increases per the money that you yeah. make. But honestly, $80,000 a year sounds incredible to that, me. Like that's an obscene amount of money. <laughs> give me, give me $40,000 a year. Fuck. Give me 30 at this point. And I'll be well, fine. And, and you know the other thing is, as, as long as yeah, yeah, as long as the housing matches yeah. that income, you're you're fine. I, as long yeah. as you can. And and you know I've made this point before. The only reason that this podcast exists is because after like a decade of hard work, I found myself with enough money to put together some some recording equipment. Yeah, this podcast only exists because I have a rich friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm super rich as I'm being forced he, out of my he, home. He bought, and, and, he bought uh, two like $50 microphones <laughs> and like a preamp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, this podcast exists because I found myself in a position where I had yeah. just a little bit extra that I was like, yeah, I can spend this money on something right. that I'm pretty sure is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, prove us wrong, bitches. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Prove us wrong. We're already being proven wrong. Yeah. We've got Wait, one we? listener. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that is more at, than we thought. listener. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good but yeah i mean it it it, and and you know we we see all these landslide victories with with candidates who have populist beliefs right uh the squad uh jamal bowman um there's there's others uh i'm kind of blanking on their names right now but you know that there's there's a real desperate need for for material gain among the working class and they're going to go for whoever promises them that material gain. And you can go ahead and deride everybody who voted for Trump as like an insane racist or whatever. And you have a little bit more of a basis for that during this election, I'll grant. But Trump is promising them a a better future. And Joe Biden's 
been quoted as saying nothing is going to fundamentally change. No, I'm not going to help you with your fucking health care. You know, we're not going to we're not going to make anything better for anybody. It's all going to stay the same and we're going to continue on this course. Well, you know, the, the Democratic Party may see. Joe Biden as as a maintainer of the status quo, but that status quo has a tra- trajectory, right? And that trajectory is is trending downwards for everybody in the working class. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's my rant. That might be a great way to end it. Cool. I'm really drunk and I have to pee real bad. <laughs> yeah, I have to pee as well. Actually, that's part of why I said that. But also, that was a very good rant, and I entirely agree. Um, so, uh, last reminders uh, about our shit going on. The Truncata uh, Writing Workshop, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A, yeah, on yeah, Patreon. Yeah. Go ahead and follow that. Uh, give me your money. I'll tell you that your poetry is good or bad, whatever uh, whatever helps you most. And, uh, yeah, we have our first workshop on Saturday. Um or follow me at Dank Deleuze on Instagram. You can get all the details there. Uh, that's all I have to pitch. All right. Uh, I've got nothing to really pitch except... A tent uh, in your pants. We we, we have a <laughs> Teespring now. Oh, yeah. We sell shirts, so you can pitch a tent in your shirt. Yeah, if you want to buy a shirt, uh, go ahead and do that. If not, that's fine. I'm gonna set up a Patreon soon, but uh, like I've like I've always said, purely donation based. Yeah, this is uh, this is always going to be a free broadcast. There is no uh, imperative or demand for you to contribute to that Patreon. Once I set it up, it would be cool if you did, but uh, I'm not going to think any less or worse of you if you don't. Um, I think yeah. it, is, it is important to uh, to to spread the voices that we're spreading. Yeah. Another thing is uh, once once I move into our new place, uh, I'm gonna have basically a, a studio set up. It's gonna be a two bedroom apartment, and one of the bedrooms is gonna be my studio. Uh, so I'm gonna be doing probably a lot more uh, community kind of engagement sort of stuff. Uh, there's, there's a couple of people who I want to have some, some talks with, um, not, not even just politics, but, uh, there's, uh, uh, Concernicus, one of the guys that we had on our oh, eight hour podcast, my boy, yeah. uh, we want to have a discussion about like our deconstruction from faith. Uh, so there's going to be some, some, some off politics sort of, uh, content there, uh, in the future. Um, hopefully that'll, that'll start around the beginning of December, uh, depending on when I actually move. Hell yeah, friends. Uh, otherwise, uh, thank you for listening up to this point and, uh, we love you. Please take your medicine. Take my medicine too. <laughs>